Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, chapter 48 of book 3, on the day of eternity and the troubles of this life. The Learner. How happy are those who dwell forever in the city that is above. How bright is the day of eternity. It is a day upon which night casts no shadow, but one forever lit by the very truth. A day forever happy. A day that never changes into the contrary. Oh, how I wish that day had already dawned and all those things of time come to an end. For the saints, that day is already shining, bright with a radiance that goes on and on. For us who are still making our earthly pilgrimage, it shines only from a distance. We can see its reflection, so to speak, only in a looking glass. Those who are townsmen of the heavenly city know how joyful the day is there. We, the outcast children of Eve, know how bitter and wearisome the day can be on earth. Yes, the days of time are few and evil indeed, full of sorrow and trouble. Here man is befouled by many sins, enmeshed in many passions, brushed close by many fears. He is tormented by many cares, dragged this way and that by many strange sights, entangled in many kinds of folly, many an error surround him. Many a hard task leaves him exhausted. He is burdened with temptations, enfeebled by pleasures, racked with want. Oh, when will these evils come to an end? When shall I be freed from the wretched slavery of sin? Lord, when shall I think only of you, find in you my full measure of gladness? When shall I be really free, with nothing to hinder me, Nothing to drag me down in mind or body. When will there be lasting peace? Peace forever safe and never to be disturbed. Peace both within and without. Peace that is in every way unchanging. Good Jesus, when shall I stand in your sight and see you? When shall I gaze upon the glory of your kingdom? When will you be all in all to me? But when shall I be in that kingdom of yours which you have already made from all time for those you love? Here, I have been left behind in enemy territory, a poor outcast in a land where every day there is fighting, every day disasters most dire. Comfort me in this exile. Assuage my grief. It is to you that I sigh with all my longing. Whatever this world can offer me by way of comfort is nothing but a burden to me. I long for the bliss of your close company, but I am unable to reach so far. I yearn to hold fast to heavenly things, but I am weighed down by the things of time, by passions far from dead. With my mind, I long to rise superior to all these things, but my body compels me to be their unwilling slave. Thus it comes about that I, poor piece of humanity, am the theater of civil war. 
a burden to myself, with the spirit trying to soar aloft and the body endeavoring to stay below. What I go through inwardly, when my mind is groping its way towards the things of heaven, and during my very prayer, a crowd of worldly thoughts comes rushing into my head. Do not go far away from me, my God. Do not turn away in anger from this servant of yours. Dazzle them with the stroke of your lightning and scatter them. Shoot forth your arrows and so put to rout all the drifting thoughts sent by my enemy. Gather my senses together and fix them on yourself. Make me forget all that is in the world. Give me the power to hurl back and to scorn all mental pictures of evil deeds. Come to my help, O everlasting truth, so that no empty folly may sway my heart. O heavenly sweetness, come to me, and all that is foul will flee at the sight of you. Forgive me also, and in your mercy grant me pardon for all the times I think of anything besides you in time of prayer. Because, to confess the truth, I am usually in a state of great distraction. Often enough, I am not where my body is, whether standing or sitting, but wherever my thoughts carry me to. Wherever my thoughts are, there am I. And my thoughts are usually with the things I love. What comes most readily to mind is something naturally pleasant or found by experience to be agreeable. It was this that made you the very truth say plainly. Where your treasure house is, there your heart is also. If I love heaven, I readily think of heavenly things. If I love the world, I share the world's gladness when it rejoices and am sad when it is thwarted. If I love the body, I often picture to myself bodily delights. If I love the spirit, I love thinking about spiritual things. Whatever it is that I like best, those are the things I love talking and hearing about. And I bring home mental pictures of them both within me from the world outside. And I bring home mental pictures of them with me from the world outside. But happy is the man who, for your sake, Lord, has, so to speak, given all created things notice to quit. The man who gets tough with nature and crucifies the lust of his body with the burning desires of his spirit. Such a man has put his conscience at rest and can offer you unblemished prayer by closing the door of earthly desires, both in this life and in his heart. He is worthy to mingle with the choirs of angels. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do we find this chapter intimidating? 
do we find it scary? Well, it will intimidate us and it will scare us a bit if we only focus on what he seems to be saying at the end about the violent bearing it away. From the beginning of time, Christ said, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent bear it away. That strange verse from our Lord has usually been inter interpreted by many fathers, even by someone like Flannery O'Connor, who wrote a piece of fiction with that title, The Violent Buried Away, to mean that the violence we have to do is a violence to many of our purely natural desires. The things that we want, which we seem to recognize are keeping us away from God, that has to be said no to. And that requires a kind of effort on our part, a kind of violence to go against the way our heart seems to be going, because we know deep down that we want something else. We want eternal life with God. And somehow we have to say no to ourselves. Okay, now that's the end of this chapter. And we cannot forget the imitation of Christ is constantly stressing the need for effort, the need to try. God will not help us to become intimate with himself by close friendship if we don't try. But that's not the main teaching of the chapter. It's not the most important teaching of the chapter. Earlier in the chapter, what's he keep saying? Lord, make these things flee away. He sees Christ as a kind of light in which the darkness, the weakness, all these distracting thoughts, all these desires we have are made to flee before him. Again, Thomas Kempis is always balancing God's initiative, our response, the power of Christ, the power of his person, and our need to follow him. But it's the power of Christ that can make our enemies flee. What does the psalmist say? Let the Lord arise and his enemies be scattered. Do we have enemies? Do we have temptations? Do we have struggles? Do we have all kinds of civil wars going on in our hearts? Yes. Should we be discouraged by that? No. Why? We didn't start the civil war. The civil war started because of original sin. We've been born into this mess. Now we've contributed to it, yes. We've added to the enemies, yes, by our choices. But fundamentally, we are a problem that the Lord has to take care of. Lord, you have a problem. Me, look at what's happening in me. Have mercy on me. The Lord loves to show mercy. He loves to restore things. He loves to fix things. And that has to be the main focus of our life. Lord, you must help me. I'm ever going to follow you. And if you help me, if you show me your love, if you pour out your mercy, like you did on St. Peter and St. Paul, then I too can become holy. I too can offer beautiful prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.